0: Welcome to The Living Word with Chuck Davis. Mark 1, 29-34, Overturning Darkness. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. We move right from the synagogue to an instance of healing. Uh, we get to see that Jesus is operating in such a way that he's making the kingdom of God uh, manifest, demonstrable uh, to those around. Uh, personally, he takes on people's sickness and the oppression, any kind of foothold the enemy has given. And he um, comes against it to break it down. Uh we could see that even in regions, we're going to pick up in our passage next week, he's alert to strongholds in the areas that he goes. Uh, the method is pretty much the same. He casts out. Here, once again, he does not allow them to speak. And here's the clue to why he didn't allow the man to speak or the demon to speak through the man in the synagogue in the previous passage. It says, because they knew him. Uh, This is a matter matter of timing. He doesn't want to get his mission too far in advance. Uh, Jesus is clear uh, that he's come to introduce a kingdom that is a kingdom of flourishing. Now, we need to take a step back just for a moment and just deal with some worldview things that we're all facing. Uh, As post-enlightenment people... Uh, there's a reflex in us to think that these were superstitious beliefs of primitive people. Uh, You've heard me quote uh, William Barclay, great biblical scholar, lots of great historical and cultural things that we can benefit, but he totally naturalizes these passages. Uh, In dealing with uh, the situation of the man with the unclean spirit, this is some of the things that Barclay writes. Quote. All through the Gospels, we keep meeting people who had unclean spirits and who were possessed by demons or devils. What lies behind this? End of quote. Next paragraph. The ancient world believed in demons. End of quote. Next paragraph. Quote, the belief in demon possession must have been intensely real. End of quote. Next paragraph. Quote, it does not matter whether or not we believe in all this, whether it is true or not is besides the point. End of quote. Then he writes, they knew this was to be a sign of the Messiah, quote, the man who himself believed to be possessed spoke as a demon when he came into the presence of Jesus. It's an odd hermeneutic for the text. It's the man pretending to have a demon. Uh, Later quote from Barclay, quote, so real was this belief that by AD 340, the Christian church actually possessed an order of exorcist, end of quote. And he comes up with two conclusions. Jesus is either accommodating their misguided worldview or even Jesus is being duped because he as a human being uh, is unable uh, to uh, recognize that this is a false uh, worldview. Uh, I think this is a a sad thing that we've done and have made ourselves vulnerable to darkness. Like C.S. Lewis says, Satan wins when we give him too much attention and we're not aware of him at all. Jesus moves through this world of brokenness and he has discernment when he needs to heal and when he needs to come against the, the kingdom of darkness. What's the so what of this passage? There's several in Jesus' process. Jesus went to places of human need, or at least human need found him because he was the light. In the process of moving to human need, darkness cries out at him. As a response, Jesus is intentional in liberating people. He's decisive in his declaration. He does a simultaneous, what I'd call, truth and power encounter uh, linked together by his authority. Uh, The results are that the demons have to respond. There, There is a visible transformation in people's lives. And their ramifications beyond the deliverance of the individual. We get to see the kingdom backdrop as people start to realize uh, who Jesus is. It's the inauguration of the new kingdom. A kingdom that's now, but not yet, but it's still a king kingdom. The now what for me is not to become over infatuated or over consumed with our battle against darkness and spiritual warfare. Seek the king. Move in his kingdom authority and trust God, and he'll make us aware of when darkness is coming against us. And so, Lord, uh, we repent of any spaces that we've allowed contemporary worldview to some ways discredit what Jesus did on this earth. And we hold our hands open to you. We ask that you would make us aware of what our role in spiritual warfare is in the days in which we live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.